Welcome to the ASB podcast, where we bring you the most extraordinary leaders in our community. In each episode, we delve into a wide range of fascinating topics and explore the latest developments in fields like business, technology, culture, and more. Our guests include experts, thought leaders, and innovators from around the world who share their insights, experience, and perspectives with us. So whether you're a curious mind or a lifelong learner, join us as we uncover new insights, challenge our assumptions, and discover the amazing world we live in. Let's get started. Today we're discussing tech layoffs. We explore the causes of job cuts in the tech industry, market trends that contributed to the layoffs, and what tech talent in Southeast Asia can do to protect their careers. Today's episode was brought to you by Think and Grow. Looking to accelerate growth for your startup or scale-up? Look no further than Think and Grow. Think and Grow believes that high-performing people with clear alignment drive success for every company. That's why they start by ensuring leadership is on the same page and then tackle challenges at every stage of growth with a people-first mindset. Their team will help you set shared expectations among investors and leaders, identify a clear path to accomplish those objectives, and set your business up to achieve the growth it needs. In addition to developing your people and business, Think and Grow focuses on creating scalable structures and cultures that empower your people to push boundaries and drive growth. Think and Grow, the partner that supports and guides you to scale effectively and sustainably, both locally and globally. Hi, yep, so D'Angelo Harris, everyone calls me D'Lo. I'm quite a citizen of the world, grew up in Germany, in the US, and now consulting with tech companies and built teams for over 10 years in US and Asia. Uh, worked with clients such as Accenture, Cake Defy, EA Games in helping them bring talent globally into their businesses. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary. Yeah, I mean, look, it's definitely the buzzword. You know, everywhere you look now in the news, you're seeing layoffs left and right from big companies, right? Your fangs, your big tech companies that historically know how to ride out a storm. What's important to understand that what's happening now is more of a market correction, more of a, a right-sizing movement, where a lot of these same businesses that are now letting go of volumes of people are the ones that sort of scaled a lot faster than they should have from a headcount point of view during the pandemic, right? A lot of e-commerce businesses, for instance, were thriving during this time. They were COVID positive, I guess you can call it, where for them, COVID is a good thing that happened to the ecosystem. And we're seeing layoffs from big SaaS businesses, we're seeing them from big tech companies, we're seeing them from e-commerce businesses. And if you look at it, relatively speaking, for instance, Amazon, during the pandemic, hired 60, 70,000 people yeah. in that sprint over those kind of two years of rockiness. And over the last sort of couple of months, they've let go of about 6,000 of those. Yeah. So if you're thinking about it from that point of view, yeah, they, it, it may be a jarring headline to see Amazon let go of 6,000 people. But if you kind of reflect on that and put it relative to the people that they've hired, yeah. it's still overall small. They have statistics across all your FANG businesses and other successful tech businesses that in terms of overall growth during the pandemic and them essentially right-sizing now, we're sub 10% in terms of total layoffs, in terms of the growth that they've experienced from a headcount point of view. So it is something to pay attention to for sure, but it's important to keep it relative and in perspective as well. Okay. Um, so with, with 
with all that's going on, what okay, what you're saying is basically it's a market correction and they're mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, it's a bit mean, but trimming the fat, uh, yes. you know, the, 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 the axis. Mm -hmm. Are these people that, uh, is, is, is it positive for th these people that are now maybe getting laid off? Is the market still accepting mm -hmm. um, of, 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 of tech talent or is it just, um, uh, do you think it's, it's, it's demand driven or is it, uh, what you're saying is it's predominantly uh, we've hired too much and... And yes. We, so yeah. it's a few things. There's definitely going to be a home for tech talent, right? Yeah. From now until the rest of our days, that's for sure. The, the thing to sort of really understand with these businesses that are uh, right-sizing or, or correcting kind of, you know, what they've done or overdone in the past is they're looking at their business from a revenue point of view right now. Cost saving is super important. They're looking at the roles and how commercial some of those roles are. Can they offload the non-commercial roles so they're focused on people that are driving revenue and decreasing cost for the business. So yeah, you're going to have, I guess, victims, so to speak, across tech, you know, across operations, across marketing to some extent. You're going to have an overemphasis on sort of folks that are at least automating the business and making it a bit more efficient or, or pushing it further through their digital transformation. And then you're going to have a, fo a, a focus on more of your sales folks, the people that are going out there and winning big deals and pushing that bottom line. So for, for tech, it's, there's still going to be demand for your hardcore engineers that just sit heads down coding away solutions, right? For them, it's important to kind of, if they can, level up certain skills to increase their commercial ability, so to speak, or at least align themselves with businesses where it's a tech-first business versus a revenue first business or, or money making business. So it's, it's a correction for companies, but it's also realignment for talent to kind of go where they're appreciated or go where they're more needed, if that makes sense. So this, we should be, uh, talent should actually be looking at it as an opportunity. It's, it's an opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's almost, as businesses are trimming fat, it's also yeah. allowing the talent to sort of get their head out of the clouds yeah. and see that the company they have been slaving away from yeah. maybe didn't have their best interests at heart. Yeah. You know, maybe wasn't as committed to the digital transformation as they thought they were or yes. to their automation journey or whatever it is, right? It's like that kind of wake up moment yes. and it gives them a chance to now sort of align with a business where tech comes first, right? Mm -hmm. Innovation comes first. Technological mm -hmm. advancement and that digital transformation for them comes first, mm -hmm. no matter how much money it kind of takes. And there are businesses out there that commit yeah. to this strategy and they, mm -hmm. they're the ones to ride the ride through the storm yeah. and come out 10 times 100 times stronger at the end of it yeah. so it is definitely an opportunity for talent mm -hmm. that is being laid off to really recognize the employers they maybe did take a chance with yes didn't really believe enough in what they told them during the interview process yes to stick with it for sure um what company should they be looking at who's mm -hmm. who's 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 uh, well everyone's always i think tech's going to be in demand for a mm -hmm. while but for now, with the with the with the with the trims, um, which companies are are hiring and saying, "Hey, this is a good thing for me because mm -hmm. now um, I, I I can get some tech talent and and, yes. and possibly also you know grow my business." Yes. No. Absolutely. I think there's a few options there, right? Yeah. I think SaaS businesses. Okay. You know, despite some of the volatility in that space, it's still it's still an industry that could make a lot of sense for the right talent. I think it's something where it really kind of forces them to look at the product if it's a B two B product. You know, how different is it from the rest of what's offered out there? I think you have emerging technological industries like crypto and blockchain, right? Where 
going through the crypto winter, it's fine, right? It's kind of gone through these ups and downs for many years now. But it is an area that's generally quite resilient because of Web3 innovations, because of the DeFi space, because of certain crypto exchanges kind of knowing what it takes to kind of go through these storms and still hire and still be hired positive and not laying off. You know, there, of course, are names in all industries that sort of destabilize that. Yeah. I, following the same example in the crypto space, FTX, yeah. right? It, it sort of destabilizes sentiment, consumer sentiment, investing in it also to some extent with talent and how bad they want to get into that market. But I think the noise sort of dies down a lot quicker than other spaces because it is emerging, it is fast moving, it's something very new, but it is something that we've seen and we've had a lot of kind of meetings in that space, not just the crypto or blockchain uh, companies themselves, but also the venture capital firms that are betting big and putting a lot of money into these types of companies to come out first and also come out a bit stronger. It appears tech layoffs are not just happening across the board. I challenge Dilo to dig deeper and provide a lot more information so we can more productively interpret the data. Should um, people in tech be managing their expectations in terms of salary? Has there been any trends? Have mm. salaries decreased um, with being lay, laid off? Is there also an adjustment in, yeah. in what the, take, the, the, the pay is? Or is, is, um, has it remained the same? There hasn't been any yeah. effect on it. No, it's a great question for sure. And, you know, I have a lot of talent that comes to me very regularly. And, yeah. you know, they'll ask for advice, they'll ask for introductions to, to certain um, clients that I'm working with. And they'll bring me in at the negotiation stage, negotiation stage of their opportunities as well. Yeah. And salaries are definitely taking a, a big correction as well. They're mm -hmm. not as inflated as they used to be, yeah. right? I think during the pandemic and, you know, as we were kind of, working out how to live during a pandemic and work through it and still run a successful business, salaries were going well. They were going mm -hmm. gangbusters, right? You yeah. had higher, you know, share options that were given out and on occasion equity given out, mm -hmm. um, bigger salaries to attract the right talent. And now, you know, those same offers aren't as juicy as they used to be, right? Mm -hmm. They are more humble offers. They are usually pay cuts from what talent that is being laid off is, is getting used to, right? Mm -hmm. So great for for businesses right they're able yeah. to now win top top talent for i wouldn't say pennies on the dollar necessarily but maybe yes. 25 to 50 percent less than what they were getting paid from the previous i yeah. think as talent it's important to understand if you can move parallel yeah. to your current package that's a win okay. that's a win not saying you shouldn't push for more and yeah. and and really uh, negotiate a bit harder than that yeah but based on what we're seeing and based on a lot of folks in my network, it's very common now to even accept 10 to 20% less just okay. to secure a job that's still in the field that you want it to be in. Okay. Um, I would think, um, and, and I, I, I want to ask if, if this is what's happening. Maybe if I'm taking a pay cut, but I'm going into maybe a more riskier, smaller business, mm -hmm. should they also be considering um, maybe having a conversation about uh, a lot more equity? If you know, just mm -hmm. just to, to to leverage maybe the value that they could bring, that hey, this could be a bigger a, a bigger company later on. Yep. Are those conversations being had? Is that advice that you'd give people, um, going into uh, p people in that position? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, even for my business partner, I feel right. Yeah. It's something we discussed going into a startup and a high risk startup. Yeah. Where we left very comfortable things and we're yep. like, okay, well, what's the trade off? You know what I. What we discussed and what I told myself is no different than the advice I'd give to the talent, which is 
for sure, right? The equity component is something you should be demanding because yeah. if it's high risk, low pay, if you're taking a pay cut, that's going to be the trade-off, whether it's yeah. a year later, three years later, five years later. I think it's going to be a challenging conversation because a lot of times the founders are going to be very selfish with that equity and they want to see their proven resources first. Yeah. So what I would encourage them to do then is insert little milestones and say, mm -hmm. hey, look, if, if I bring you this amount of business by month six, you know, this is what I get if it's an increase in pay if it's an increase in equity if you've given me this target for year one and I achieve this target instead I want this sort of OTE bonus or I want this pay hike or I want this increase in equity so you kind of demand for as much as you can in that initial conversations but it's super important to insert certain milestones and this is what we personally done as well to make sure that once you've hit them then they kind of do their part and and give that kicker whether it's just a financial kicker one-off bonus or whether it's a sliding scale on the equity. So that's the best advice I'd give is just don't accept for that initial, accept that initial number and see what happens in two years is, is make sure every year, so even after those initial milestones are covered, whether you do them quarterly, semi-annually or annually, is, is make sure you're prepared then based on performance to adjust for a whole new set of different kickers that you want or different metrics that if you achieve them, you get something in return for it. I certainly agree with D-Lo's perspective that the current climate does present an opportunity to negotiate for a mutually satisfactory outcome. But given the dynamic nature of the job market right now, I wondered if there were some verticals within technology that performed better than others. Delo has an interesting take for job seekers to consider. You spoke about crypto and um, I'm, I'm looking at the trends now. You, we have you know, traditional social media is cutting jobs. I think now finance is also you know, trim, um, doing uh, also taking a haircut. Crypto had had the debacle, but it seems like they they they're on the the path to recovery. Yes. If I'm coming out of tech, maybe I was in e-commerce and um, I'm I'm a coder. Um, should I be industry or uh, vertical agnostic, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just say uh, is is that the advice? Is that look get a job and go somewhere, or are, mm -hmm. are they? Is, are there certain verticals where you say, hey, this is where you, sh you, sh you should be going if you want yeah. a little bit more job security for the, for yeah, the years absolutely. to come? And I just did an article on this in Singapore for, yeah. you know, talent looking at crypto. And this is, a, you mm. know, a direction they should take it in. So to answer your question, like, I'm old school, right? Yeah. It's about passion. Yeah. You know, you really have to listen to what you're most passionate about. Of course, there's going to be industries that you should take notice of and yeah. maybe you're a bit more stable. Yeah. But if you're thinking crypto, for instance, if you're thinking some of these big crypto exchanges, if it's a Binance, if it's CakeDefy, if it's yeah. Gemini, whoever it is, um, are you getting into it for the right reasons? Sure. Is it because you believe that digital currencies are the way of the future? Do you believe decentralized finance is what's going to make the world a better place? Right? If it's a curiosity level that you really want to get in there, maybe you're trading now, maybe you're buying and selling, but being on the inside and building the framework, building the architecture is a whole different ballgame. So I would say if you're passionate about that space, for sure, uh, no brainer, go for it, do it, apply, apply, apply. Yeah. If you're just looking for stability, making sure you have a job in six months, mm -hmm. then yeah, then, you know, certain industries like that could be more appealing. You know, you look at the, and you're absolutely right, you know, big banks are, are laying off right now. You see a big emphasis towards digital banking yeah. and you have traditional banks that are now building their own in-house you know, you know, digital wallets or their own digital banks and they're rebranding and renaming it sure. and trying to collect 
you know, the same consumer base that will go into, you know, another digital bank. Yeah. Um, so coming back to your question, I would, I would emphasize on focusing on passion first. Yeah. Whatever industry that's in, all industry will be affected differently by this post-pandemic world that we're in. They're all going to have their ups and downs. But I would always prioritize the industry that you're most interested in learning more from versus just kind of picking the one that's the most stable. Any differences between the, the global trend and what's happening in Asia? Anything mm -hmm. notable that we, we, sh we should know? Yeah, so it's hard to say for sure in, yeah. in Southeast Asia. One thing that's, that's interesting is, and this was a number that just came out recently, in the U.S., yeah. all the layoffs with your FANG business, right? Your, yeah. your Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Googles. Um, because of those layoffs, they've seen a 5.6% 5, 5 increase in market share. Okay. Right, because investors are looking at that. Okay, any business's number one cost is going to be wages. Yes. So that's a trend that recently came out of the US. I'm sure it's a it's a bit more fragmented this part of the world. Yeah. But the la the layoffs essentially, if you are here working for a US business, mm -hmm. it is positive. I mean, it's almost six percent uptick in market share. So the yeah. message that sends could be an interesting one. Right? Is mm -hmm. this going to be a strategy for businesses to say, ah, oh, well working out for America you know why can't it work out for China why can't it work out for Europe if we also kind of take this approach because yeah. it is a lot about sustainability now yes and that just means covering cost working through it until you figure out what that correction looks like for your business as much as the layoffs are all the buzz right now I would remiss if I didn't acknowledge that the layoffs are affecting real people so I asked Dilo what practical advice he could give to someone who was affected and fired in the recent round of layoffs? This is the advice that he gave. First, you get on Instagram and completely blast them. Yeah. Blast them for letting you go. No, that's definitely <laughs> just a joke. Yeah. Definitely don't do that. <laughs> Career suicide. Um, so what you want to do is tap your network first, right? Okay. Like your, your network is your net worth. Uh -huh. More and more now than ever. Yeah. And considering you've worked for a huge tech company like that, yeah. you know, you should have a lot of valuable contacts that you've come across as, as potential talent for your team, as potential business partnerships, as potential leaders that really sort of excited you after having met them. Mm -hmm. So network first, going through any contacts you have, ideally at businesses that you want to learn more about. Yeah. If, it's, if it's more of a peer level, right, and they're working for a cool tech company or a crypto company, reaching out to them, saying, hey, look, bad news, you know, I'm being laid off, but, you know, let's grab coffee. I want to talk to you about what I want to do next. Yeah. So after you've kind of exhausted your network, then, yeah, you can go a bit wider to, you know, colder contacts, which would be more in the recruitment space. Yes. So you have different recruitment businesses out there mm -hmm. that work with a bunch of different companies across all industries. So chances are you already have a good recruiter friend working for one of these brands. Yeah. That you can work with one, you can work with several because the benefit of working with them is they'll represent nine or 10 different companies yeah. versus just one. So you get variety and they usually do all the negotiation for you. But it's important to know there's a lot of noise out there in the recruitment space, there's okay. a lot. So you really kind of have to quality control that. It's ideal you go to someone you know and trust as a friend or okay. is recommended to you. Um, mm -hmm. The last tip there, you know, if you're just being laid off, is to understand that applying for jobs on LinkedIn Everyone and their grandma and their mom is kind of doing that, okay. right? You're kind of, you're going to lose out to the guy in a heartbeat who does a better job of finding out who that hiring manager is, right? Yeah. Networking with them on LinkedIn, finding out maybe people that are on that team. 
So using LinkedIn, not for their easy applying out, but they've made it so easy, right? I yeah. had a conversation last week with someone yeah. who's like, I send out a hundred applica applications in less than an hour. Yeah. And he, you know, he pat himself on the back and then he went to get a beer. He's like, I'll for sure get a job after this. Yeah. And that, if he's doing that, trust me, there's a whole lot of other people that are doing that. Uh -huh. So it, it's being more proactive than just yes. using that apply now feature. Mm -hmm. It's really figuring out, and it's so easy to do these days in terms of who that head of department is. If you want to try your luck with the talent team, um, not only does it give you visibility, that person shows them you're pretty serious about it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it does just stand you out from the rest of the crowd that's just waiting on a response and waiting to hear back. Uh, it just shows more initiative on your part. And taking initiative is a quality that transcends mm -hmm. all skill sets, and any employer would appreciate that. So one last thing I'd probably just finish off that with is if you are really interested in a company or an opportunity, don't make it about, hey, I need a job, you know, I'm applying, here's my CV. Do some information gathering, right? Do a bit of research. Ask whether it's at the head of HR, the head of talent, or the department head. Say, look, I want to understand more about your business. I've just been laid off, you know, by this massive organization, this highly prestigious organization, whatever name that is within FANG. And I just want to make sure that I can contribute to the problem you're trying to solve. I want to learn more about it and see if it's for me. Yes. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. I'd, le I'd lo love to learn more from your point of view, what that sounds like, so I can make a better decision if and when the time comes. So this does show curiosity, and it does, show, it does compel them to kind of come back a bit harder and try to win you over to some extent. Or at least they'll answer your question, and you'll yes. know whether or not it's right for you. So no matter what, it's sort of a win-win. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope you found this discussion informative and engaging. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review or sharing it with friends and colleagues. We appreciate your support and feedback as we continue to produce content that educates and entertains. Stay tuned for our next episode. And until then, keep learning and keep listening to the ASB podcast, where we bring you the stories of the most extraordinary people in our community.